Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to us by a brand new sponsor, Rise Point. That is with an E. What is the facility lid that is preventing your church from living out its mission? Are you out of seats? Maybe your kid's area is overflowing or you don't have enough parking that you need or maybe the facility was designed maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago and it just is tired. A lot of times hiring a consultant or architect can be asking for unrealistic plans that really exceed what is necessary or what you can afford. But Rise Point, they actually take the time to slow down and to understand what makes your church unique. They are a nationwide full-service architecture firm with offices in Chicago and Seattle, and they want to bring some of the amazing best practices and creative solutions that they've learned from tons of other churches to help serve your facility problems. Listen, if you are considering any kind of update to your facility, you need to head over to risepoint.com forward slash 360. That's risepoint with an E for a free facility 360 evaluation. It really is an amazing tool that will help you understand how you can better leverage your existing square footage and get some real options and talk about real potential of a project down the road. Again, that's risepointwithane.com forward slash 360 to check out this free 360 degree evaluation of your facility. All right, let's jump in with today's podcast. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey listeners, I'm Vanessa, the host of the Unseminary Podcast, where we talk about the stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm joined by the founder of Unseminary, Rich Birch. Hi, Rich. How are you? Super great. Uh, Excited to be here. Excited for today's article because it comes directly out of a pain point that we know churches are feeling. And so excited to help churches today. Uh, And yeah, just glad to be here. And man, we've got some exciting stuff happening tomorrow. Oh yeah, super. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We won't wait till the end and we'll talk about it right now. Tomorrow yeah, we launch our Yes, exactly. Tomorrow we launch this free three-part video series all about multi-site church. We've been talking about it all month. Uh and tomorrow it launches out. So I'm excited for that. Obviously tomorrow's video, uh, I'm pumped about it's it's all about uh the biggest mistake that churches make uh when launching campuses, but then the second video is is keys to picking a great location. You know, this is oftentimes when uh you know churches are um, you know, they come to me and they're thinking, Hey, we're going to launch a new location. Actually, one of the questions they ask is like, Hey, we've got these couple different locations that we're looking at. Uh, what do you think? And so what I, what I do is actually, and I'm giving this away for free, which I'm just thinking now, maybe it's a bad idea, but, <laughs> but they, uh, literally what we walk through in that video is the conversation I have with churches when they, when they ask like, Hey, what is it that we should, um, you know, where should we go? And then finally, the third video is called five dirty secrets of the multi-state church movement. So, you know, I've been in this thing for almost 20 years. And so it's like picking up up the rock and looking underneath of it and like, oh, there's some bugs crawling around under there, uh, that we get into some of the kind of dirty secrets, the stuff that you wouldn't really know about multi-site unless you've been in it for a while. So yeah, I'm super excited for this project. We literally been working on this project for, well, it feels in some ways like it's been 20 years in the making, but it's been, you know, the better part of this whole year we've been, we've been kind of working on in the background. So I'm excited to launch this out uh, and for people to pick it up. Awesome. Well, let's launch into our article for today. What are we talking yeah, about? So today, yeah, so today, seven unity building best 
practices for multi-site church teams. So Leadership Network, our friends at Leadership Network, they uh, launched uh, their most recent study of multi-site churches. And one of the questions they asked was like, kind of, what is the biggest pain point or what's the problems that you're seeing on a regular basis? And they categorized those into kind of the top 10 pain points. And this is one of them, um, this idea of building unity among your team. They, people, Church leaders are feeling pressure as you go into multiple locations, like, oh, I don't know, how do we keep everybody together. You know, sometimes people find themselves, they're serving on a multi-site church and they're feeling a sense of tension building between, you know, with them and, and the other t- members of their, uh, you know, of the broader team. Or, or maybe, you know, we have listeners who are listening in who are, you know, currently serve at a campus, but they feel a sense of competition with the other campuses that just isn't necessarily healthy. Or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they've been serving on the central support team and they're looking for ways to increase unity among the teams that they serve with. And so we, we're, I, what I've done here is talk about seven things uh, that we've done over the years to try to build unity uh, among our, our various teams, uh, whether it's a central team or campus teams, to try to have us all row in the same direction. So one of the first ways we can build unity is to defer to younger campuses. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so I think it's important that we get this one straight. So what happens, I think every multi-site church that's listening in, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that one of the things that bugs me about the multi-site movement is 50% of multi-site churches have, have less, have three or less campuses. So they've launched one or two locations and, and, and we, they stall out. Now, I think one of the things that you can do to get beyond that is in this idea of deferring to younger campuses. So we always want to kind of put our best resources towards the new thing. We always want to rally the best we can towards uh, the new the new campus. And so, you know, if you're choosing uh, where to invest financial resources, it should go to the younger, younger campus. If you're making a decision on, you know, who's going to go to the new campus, I would look at, you know, pointing, you know, new volunteers to that area or, or, or encourage people to go there. If you're, if you're building a new process, you want to make sure it works at the, the, the campuses that are the latest to launch. Why is this? Well, because, you know, in every multi-site church, uh, some original location at some point sacrificed for the next location. They said, hey, we want to make it work for that next location. That's really what got this whole ball rolling. And so we want all of our campuses to model that, to to really defer to the younger campus, to not get grabby about like resources and finances and that sort of thing. We are looking for leaders that don't have a scarcity mindset, but have an abundance mindset. Not not ones that are like, hey, there is just, there's a, there's a fixed pie and uh, we better get our piece of the pie, which frankly I do see sometimes with campus pastors or people who are leading various aspects of the you know multi-site church but we need people who say hey we're going to grow the entire thing uh, and that'll help all of us the kind of you know the the high tide rises all boats that sort of thing so so we need to work hard to defer to younger campuses we do that by you know the way we talk about our new campuses by ensuring that people have open hands when they you know send leaders there to make sure that you know things are um, yeah that they're that uh, you know as leaders we're pointing people towards that new campus so I would say defer to younger campuses. Yeah, you kind of alluded to the next point too, that we need to get the language right when we're talking about the next site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this one. Uh, I've seen so many of us botch this stuff. Uh, it, and, you know, it, it can be easy to do. Like, it, it comes out of a genuine place. We just aren't thinking. There's a lot going on. And so uh, just even the way we talk about each other, I really do believe that language shapes reality, that the way we talk about things ultimately changes the way people think about things and then ultimately changes the way people 
uh, behave, uh, believe, and then behave. So, you know, uh, there's a few things kind of that I see commonly. So don't refer to the first location as a headquarters, the mothership, or or the main site. You know, avoid using languages that diminishes your campuses. This is a big one. Don't, like, people will call them a satellite location. And what does that mean? That means it's something small rotating around something big. That's not a vision. Who wants to be a part of, you know, a satellite location or an overflow campus? I've heard them refer to that. Now, it might be that, you know, you that's actually the case. Like, for instance, there's a church I'm doing some work with right now, and that that is the case. They are completely packed at their original location, and so now they're, they're having to start new locations, but you cannot call them overflow. No one wants to be in the overflow, but everyone wants to be where the, where the main thing happens, or, or extension campuses. That Even that one is, is subtle, not as bad, but is subtle, because what it's saying is that it's like the real thing is somewhere else, and our thing is over here. You know, we want to make sure that we honor the leaders at these campuses with, you know, a t- we probably want to over rev the titles a little bit, something like campus pastor or community pastor, a good one. Still in that, in that study, we're finding that campus pastor is still the dominant name, but, it, but increasingly people are shifting to community pastor, which I actually like because what that's saying is, uh, you know, it's, it's saying instead of, you're not, you're not the, the pastor of this location, you're the pastor of the community that this location is in, which I, I kind of like that. I think that's got some neat, neat thing there. So get the language right. There's, you know, and there's a bunch of other examples we give in this article, but, but really pay attention to how you, particularly how you refer to the campuses and you refer to what's happening out there. Uh, make sure we don't uh, botch those interactions. Well, keeping to the point on pastors, campus pastors with cross-campus responsibilities, this is something we've talked about before on the podcast. Yeah, so campus pastors in the launch phase of their campus, uh, they really need to focus in on on the launch. Like there's a lot in that, particularly in that first year, I would say. Um, you know, you have the most first-time guests you'll have. You know, have more first-time guests in the first week than you will in the first month, in the first month, and in the first three months, the first three months, and then an entire year. So you want to make sure that your campus pastor is leveraging that opportunity and is 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 hunkered down on that. However, once you get beyond that, I would ask the question whether strategically, particularly for this unity point, that you you kind of encourage or push campus pastors to the point where they're picking up a cross-campus responsibility, something where they, um, you know, kind of see the rest of, you know, the church. Now, this could be, I broke this down into kind of short-term projects, which might be the way to start. So it has like a very defined term because you can see, hey, can this leader handle this? Like, hey, we're going to do this project for six months. You can eyeball what's happening at their location. If it's not going well, then you could say, hey, why don't you just stay focused on being here a campus pastor? Or it could be a long-term, <clears throat> you know, focus, uh, you know, a, a kind of an ongoing, which is maybe a good secondary step. So it's some examples of short terms. Maybe you get them to benchmark the new here process at all locations. So, uh, which can be particularly f- helpful for campus pastors who have just been through a launch because they've uh, they just saw a whole bunch of new here people come, and so maybe it's you know helping them go through all the different locations and understand how things are going there. It could be literally to turn around and to coach a new campus pastor through launch. So help them through that. Maybe it's you know short term mission trip coordinator. I've seen this in multiple t- multiple campus pastors where they're like they're the person that's responsible for you know not just one but like four or five or eight or 10 trips that are going out next year. And so they're going to kind of lead that whole process. It's people from all the locations. I mean, maybe from a long-term point of view, the kinds of things a campus pastor, they could cluster coach. So uh, the idea, if you're, if you're church, what we're seeing is at multi, as multi-site churches get beyond eight plus locations, you start clustering the campuses together. So like all the campuses that are on the west side of the Metroplex, they're kind of working together more. All those 
that are on the east side, they're working more together and they're, they're led by what's being called a cluster coach. So they're, they're still a campus pastor in a particular location. It's not necessarily a full-time job, uh, but their job is to kind of be the first among equals, to be the person who kind of helps lead this thing. Um, you know, they could be a groups director. We see this in a lot of churches too, because of the high, re- usually high relationship and systems approach to campus pastors that they also make really good groups directors or groups pastors over all the locations. There's other things we could do. And I've seen launch coaches so similar to I'm not just coaching one, but like they're the person who's going to be on top of all the launches going forward or residency director. So, you know, more than just an interim program, but really a 12 to 24 month experience for raising up future staff, uh, Campus pastors are good at that because they see the needs on the ground in the place that ultimately most of those residents will probably end up serving in. If you get behind the mechanics of what's happening in a lot of churches as they're adding residency programs, the reason why they're adding residency programs is because they're launching campuses. And so they need to, uh, you know, kind of create a more robust pipeline for finding new leaders, particularly staff leaders. And so they've added a residency program, which can be a good connection for a campus pastor. Absolutely. Well, this is a fun one to talk about. Let's celebrate more. Yeah. So I, I, this is an area that I have to push myself to remember because I tend to be the kind of person that's like, all right, so, you know, something just happened. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, but we really need to have if to bums. It's fun to be us moments. So times where we literally stop, turn around and say, I am so glad, uh, that we're a part of this thing. And, and, you know, really whatever your church celebrates is what you will replicate. So those things that you focus your energy on saying, this is a good thing. Let's have a party about it. Those are the things that we, you know, get replicated. And so I provide all kinds of examples here. Some small stuff like, you know, uh, you know, Monday email that tells two or three stories that are going, they're going well, you know, team huddle conversations, uh, you know, about what's happening at other campuses, you know, in uh, weekly team meetings where you could write thank you notes to other campus team leaders. So, you know, Hey, I heard this thing happening, you know, quick social media posts, about things at different campuses. So you could do small stuff like that, or you could do big stuff like the all under one roof. And you probably have seen this if you've been around multi-site for a while. Churches will do these services where they, they have all the, their, they have the entire church under one roof for one service. So, uh, you know, they have just, you know, one kind of mega service. I'd love to talk more about that. I've, I've written an article about that. If you can find it on Dunn Seminary, it's like, why did we say something like why we canceled church and took 4,000 people to the beach or something like that. Uh, but those kinds of things uh, are really good unity, um, you know, drivers. In fact, I know when I've been a part of those multiples of, of those over the years, even just seeing everybody in one place, you're like, Oh, right. This is one church uh, as opposed to all these individual locations. You know, you could do the same thing, but with a community service event. So like, let's all go to one place to serve. And so you have, you know, your entire, you know, 60, 70% of your adults show up in one place to, to serve the community. Uh, and then every time a campus launches, you know, don't miss that opportunity as a campus pastor to celebrate that, to really go out of your way to say, we are so glad that you're a part of the family to kind of welcome them in. It's like at a wedding, you and I were at a wedding with our spouses recently. And there's yeah. that kind of aspect of like, oh, like you're welcoming them to a new family, like welcome to our family kind of thing. There is, there's an opportunity there. Even if you're, even if your church isn't doing anything as a campus pastor, you could do that at your location to really, you know, extend, you know, I have a birthday cake on the opening day and sign a giant card, you know, from our campus to the new campus, that kind of thing. Uh, you could do that sort of thing to, to celebrate and really celebrate unity ultimately of the church. Those are some great ideas. All right. Let's talk about clarity around central service responsibilities. 
All right. So multi-site churches are matrix organizations. This means that people are, there's, there's a group of leaders that are responsible for the delivery of the experience at one location. But then there's also people on a central support team who are responsible for ensuring, uh, an exp- that experience is great across all, uh, locations. So there is inher- inherent tension in that model. It's not a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. It just is a part of how we, we do it. In the most recent leadership network study of multi-site churches, it found that three-quarters of multi-site churches uh, in this model are more centralized than decentralized. What does that mean? That means that the majority of the churches uh, are kind of leaning the weight of leadership authority coming from a central support team. Now, in, so that, that means if you're a multi-site church, if you're like most multi-site churches, you are leaning towards, hey, there's people somewhere else who are kind of responsible, have the leadership authority for defining what's happening here. Now, in order to do that, to do that well, you have to have very clear responsibility lines for the central service team where that begins and ends because it can get really messy. So we've said this before. Central service teams are responsible for systems and curriculum where campus teams are responsible for relationships and execution. So we want to make sure that the central service teams, they stay focused on developing systems and rolling out curriculum. So this is like processes, the way we do things and then curriculum, what we teach. So if you think about kids ministry, they're going to define this is how check-in looks like. This is how we, you know, this is what it means to become a volunteer. This is our volunteer onboarding process. This is how we, you know, we ensure that we have the right people on the right bus. They're also deciding, uh, you know, this is what we're teaching. This is how we're going to teach those sorts of things. However, uh, they're locally, they're responsible for relationships and execution. Their job is to actually populate the, you know, leadership pipeline with people. They actually have to know the people in that. They actually have to spend time, effort, and energy to get to dig into those relationships. If those become crossed and people centrally are, uh, worrying about individuals or are trying to get in, you know, kind of to, to, um, you know, really define who is in the process. It becomes, there could be a lot of kind of bitter feelings because you're like, you don't even know this person. You're here once every three or four weeks. How is it that you could decide who should be in this? Or vice versa, if campus teams, if they're out there really saying, no, no, we're not going to do this curriculum in kids ministry. We're going to do that curriculum. We're going to teach this stuff. Uh, you know, things get off the rails pretty quickly. So working hard on clarity, define who, who, owns what, particularly on the central service side, I think it's important. Well, and this is something we've been talking about all month. Keep launching new locations. Come on. The church is best when it's on mission. It's best understood as a community of people looking to take the next hill in a mission that Jesus is calling them to. Unity suffers. I really do believe this. Unity starts to suffer when a church isn't on mission because what happens, like individuals, if we don't have a purpose in life, what happens is you just become very narcissistic. You start looking at yourself. You start you know, worrying about your own issues rather than looking to the horizon and worry about where we're going Next. And so my encouragement for a church today, if they want to increase unity, I would dive deep into saying, what are we doing to launch a new location to actually say we should be extending our mission. We should be saying, Hey, God is calling us to do this. We believed when he, when we thought he was asking the question, what if, what if it would look like to have a campus in every County? Or when we, when we had that clarity moment where it was like, wow, what if we had one of these with everybody in our, you know, the, the entire Metroplex that is, you know, 30 minutes within, 
in 30 minute drive, everybody in that area. Let's get back to that mission. Let's, let's keep focused on launching, uh, new locations. I, you know, it's funny. And I know I've said this before, but, uh, I, whenever multi-site churches ask me, do you think we should launch new locations? My answer is always yes. So you should not ask me that question because I'm not going to give you the advice. That's like, no, I don't think you should. Uh, and actually these videos that we're doing, this really is trying to prep people, get people thinking about that. How should we be launching new? What should that look like? How do we do that successfully? How do we do that in a way that will be kind of the best for us long-term? All right. Well, let's channel our Brene Brown and finally have some courageous conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So all of the above is all about system side of keeping unity. Uh, as I was writing this, I was like, oh, like you are avoiding individuals in all of this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and sometimes I've done that. You know, I, I sometimes I think in my own leadership, I've been the like, just get the environment right and everybody will be nice to each other. Uh, but you know what? Ultimately, there are times where, you know, we've got to sit down across from the, across the table from someone and have a courageous conversation where, you know, we ask the question, we say, can you help me understand this? Or can you help me, you know, get clarity on why you're acting this way? Um, you know, maybe it's the young leader, you know, who's having trouble nuancing some of the matrix, the, the nuances of a ma- the matrix model. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's a central staff support member who's coming off as a little negative. They show up to a campus every time with a, um, you know, with a clipboard and they're like, checking off. Are you, you know, are you reaching our quality standards or, or maybe it's a campus pastor who seems just five degrees off mission. Every conversation you're in, they're just like, Oh, I want to do it differently. I want to do it differently. I want to do it differently. You are not going to solve any of those problems with more system. You're going to have to sit across the table with them and say, Hey, this is the, this is what, this is the behavior that I'm seeing. Help me understand that. Help me understand, you know, what, what's going on. I want to know what's going on underneath the hood. So my encouragement for you in this last one is, you know, can you think a person or two that you need to have some clarifying conversation with that you need to, to really have a courageous conversation and say, Hey, uh, you know, it would be great for you to reach out this week to book a time to talk to them. Getting the system right is an essential piece of the puzzle, but ultimately building unity is, is built really in face-to-face conversations, one person at a time. Uh, so I would encourage you to step out this week and, and maybe book a couple of those courageous conversations. All right. Well, let's plug our free three-part video series. All right. So uh, this free <laughs> How do we get three-part it? video series is uh, designed for, I think everybody who's listening in should check it out. Uh, so you go to multisitevideos.com uh, and you can put in your email address there. We'll get it to you tomorrow. Uh, you can also just text multisite videos, all one word to 44222 and uh, that will be sent to you uh, starting tomorrow. So super excited about that. You're going to put in your email address, even if you text it. So it's still going to be emailed to you. There's a link at the bottom uh, of this article as well. So uh, thanks so much. Super excited about that. We still got some more multi-site stuff coming up this month, but uh, super excited uh, to have you along for the ride. All right, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You can see the full article in our other podcast at unseminary.com.